0: are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil morning show with your host Nadia Khalil good morning everybody and welcome to today's show today is November 1st it is the beginning of November It is my dad's birthday, although he's not here, Um, a big day (laughs) for me. It used to be, you know, a bigger day when we'd call him, and he'd be like, you know, we don't really know when my birthday is. They just chose this day arbitrarily. But at the same time, he always used to read his horoscope, so I never got that. But it was really cool, but this was the day they chose because they had to create a birth certificate for him, And they chose, they're like, well, you know, it was the beginning of when it started to get cold. Well, let's just choose November 1st. And that's how he got his birthday. So there you have it. Well, today I have a lot of questions um, from last week. We didn't do the show last week because we had those high winds and we did not have um, the internet. So that was just weird. But. Then we had the fires on Monday and it just kept going on and on. But I think, I think it's okay again. I hope so. So far, so good. But I had a bunch of questions that day. And one of them was from Frances Robinson. And she said, hi, Nadia. I have a small question as though there is a small question. How does using bad language affect our energy, other people's energy, And the energy around us. You know, people say it doesn't matter what we say. It doesn't matter what words we use. And yet, I had to change bad language into better language because it turned something that would have probably frustrated me and kept me frustrated into seeing it for what it was like all right this is not a big deal and one was and i know when you have kids you say this because i'm not going to say these words on the show but the f word does everybody know what the f word is we always used to say the f word i when i would get upset or i'd like drop something on my foot, or somebody would do something, I would want to say it, I would have to stop myself. But I almost felt like I couldn't get it out. And you know, when you have kids, you can't go around using bad language, because they're going to use bad language. So I started saying things like fruits and vegetables. And They would look at me like, what was that? And I'm like, well, when I get mad, that's what I say. And they thought it was the funniest thing ever. And then it happened with one of my friends in their cars. And those of you who've been listening for a long time, you've heard this one. My friend was telling me, you know, my son is starting to swear a lot. He is listening to it at school. I don't know if he's leading it, starting it or following it, but he's using it. And I'm like, uh, okay. And she's like, you know, if you can just kind of, you know, do your thing with him because he really loves you and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay. So we go pick him up from school that day. And he gets in the car. And I was parking and someone came up from behind me. And I can't remember if they got too close to me or they actually took the spot. But I remember going, ah, fruits and vegetables, without even thinking that he was listening to me. And he got the biggest kick out of it that he started saying it. Because it took what would have been road ragey or just the dead-end energy of all of us complaining. And it made us laugh. It made me laugh again while it made him laugh, because it made him laugh. And I forget the power of that. So how does it affect our energy? It depends on how you feel about it. Because some people say the F word over and over and over again in a joke and everybody's laughing. Sometimes they use it for funny effect. But it never leaves a good taste because the energy behind those words stems from anger or disrespect for another person. And, you know, just look at how it affects you. How it affects you. If someone says, you know what, um, this was in my way or your cart's in my way or get the hell out of my way, there's a huge difference. Because when people choose, because they're choices, they're decisions we make, it just doesn't feel good. And that's how it affects us just a big downer and, and you know with all the stuff that could bring us down let's start with our mouths and you know just make it better I mean there's stuff that's going on in in my life now and I, I couldn't even put a word to it you know when you're watching illness you're watching someone suffer you're watching someone have a hard time navigating in life And I'm walking around, and I didn't have a word for it. And then I found out that there's a word called, or a phrase called anticipatory grieving. And that's a grieving that takes place when somebody's ill around you, and you're taking care, but you grieve what you can no longer share and do. And once I had a word for it, this is the power of our language, i say, oh, but this is what I'm doing. This is why I feel this way. You're not grieving because the person died or dying. You're grieving. Because you almost, you know, we're human. We react to words, we react to our feelings. And also the language I use. Instead of saying, oh, you can't do that anymore, I say we're working our way back to that. Think of the difference. You can't do that anymore. Or we're working, excuse me, I'm just burping up a storm. I made these really good cookies, and I had one before the show, and boom. Um, Really think about that. And also how it affects the receiver. It's not even bad language. It's just better language, more hopeful language. I had a question this week from um, Chris Kip Woods, and he had asked, and let me go back to it because it was just last night he wrote it. How is hope found in peace of mind? I mean, how is it practiced? I would really start with my language. Like, hey. You know what? I've been through a hard time. I've been through it. And you know what? I'm working my way out of it. This is, this is what I look like. The words we use, the way we speak, can calm us to a place of direction. Because Susan... Ulrich had the same type of question. How do we raise our awareness to notice whether we are in repetition or a new lesson? And that's after doing the seven-day challenge. Use your words. You know how we tell little kids, what happened? Use your words. We thrive when we learn and grow. How do we build balance? Lately, I've noticed most of my friends drift away and new friends coming in. Old habits dissolve and new ones begin. It is really exciting but difficult to balance. Our words change the energy, give us hope, and give us awareness of what we're doing. Exactly what you just said in your question, let's see if You're listening and you can answer it. But how do you raise awareness to notice? What makes you notice things? And if you're in repetition or not, no one would know it better than you. If you learn something new, then you still have something to learn there. We thrive when we learn and grow back goes without saying we know what that feels like but if we keep trying to learn and grow to get something back we have no idea what we're going to get back so when we try to control things that gets in our way and that's where repetition kicks in right because the ego is telling you ah do it this way and then you're like ah you know what not that way but how do we build balance in this one It's probably going to make you think for a minute, but breathe. Really take time to just breathe during the day. It's not like a race and then you sit and you meditate for 10 minutes. But breathe along the way. If you notice old friends drifting away, new ones coming in, is that repetitive? You get bored easily. Think about that one. Old habits dissolve and new ones begin. As long as you can see that, that's your awareness. You are noticing. If you're telling me all these things are happening, you are noticing it. But you don't know how to balance it. And breathe. Slow down. Slow down. Pace. I just teach my son that one all the time. You just a hundred percent all day long. I just gotta say pace, you know you're gonna you're missing the detail. Pace, breathing. Taking a minute in the morning to make a list, but limit the list to three to four things so that you can feel what you're doing instead of racing through it so that you can keep hope alive instead of it shooting up and coming down, so that you can have balance, so that it doesn't affect your energy to where you're spiking and then decreasing, where like Chris was asking, how do I practice hope? That's every day. Wake up, make a list, give yourself direction. Even if the list includes, I'm going to walk today. I'm going to go for a walk. Or I'm going to cook a good meal today. And I'm going to go shop for it. And I'm going to walk to the store if I'm close enough. I want to feel life. There's something that I was thinking yesterday when. I hear a lot from people who have a housekeeper, a gardener, somebody who's there to do everything for them because we think that that's what we want. We live in bigger houses than we need, and we need other people to run them. And then we walk around going, I have nothing to do. Believe it or not, one of the most, I want to say, biggest balances we have in life is physically working. It's cleaning. You feel more connected to your environment. It's not like you're leaving a mess in your home and then someone comes and cleans it all up. It's cleaning it yourself. And I know people might say I'm working and I don't have time, but I guarantee you, you spend your Saturdays really cleaning your house and getting set for the week, you really will feel set for the week. You go out, you do your shopping, you come home, you put it away, clean the corners of your home, connection, building bridges to where you live, if you can't connect to where you live it's hard to connect anywhere else because you're not connected but when we physically move for four or five hours in a row sitting down really feels good It doesn't feel restless or go for a walk let's say you do have somebody here go for a walk walk around your house clean out a closet clean out a drawer clean out your car clean something because cleaning organizes our minds, makes us feel connected, gives us balance, breeds hope. Because we're like, wow, if I can take care of this, now all next thing is just next. Instead of oh, I still have to do that, it's more like a next. Really pay attention. We're we're not that hard to figure out. What's hard is not participating fully mentally in our lives and then expecting some kind of system to show up to do something bigger than the smaller tasks. It's like a template. You either use it or you don't. And when you don't, everything feels like a big challenge. And and there's that saying that they used to say when I was younger, I don't hear it as much anymore but when you want to get something done give it to a busy person because they're already set up to do things but a busy person understands the value of pace because that's how they get things done breathing along the way talking through their day to themselves, like, okay, I've done this and I've done that. and Okay, it's okay if I let this go until tomorrow. There just aren't enough hours today, but it'll be the first thing I start on tomorrow morning. And you just kind of have this pace. You give yourself time to stop and enjoy what's around you. So I hope that answered all three of your questions. They kind of built into each other, and thank you for those questions. I think even... As I'm talking, it's one of those things that we really need to be reminded of over and over again. So we have another question from Maureen Cook, where Eric Ellis got involved. Hello, Nadia. I just finished listening to today's show, and I remember before you mentioned the gold at home. So I am wondering, how can gold be at home when it is a solid substance? I imagine everything at home in energy with nothing physical. I would like to know more in everything Christ told you about gold. I remember hearing one person's theory about in our beginnings here on earth that some alien races changed what was human at the time and created us as we are now to mine gold. That person's name is Michael Talinger. Anyways, thank you. And then Eric says, Maureen, I heard him say that too. I liked his small town ideas. The flat earth was too much to swallow though. Maureen, Eric, yes, me too. I did not know he believes in the flat earth theory. I also found that hard to swallow. So, okay, the earth we've proven isn't flat a a while ago. So I'm not going to waste any time on that one. However the gold thing. Everything at home, from what I saw, I can only tell you what I actually saw, was constantly moving. It's like images that I remember. I just remember images. And it's not that there isn't anything physical or there is. There's there's depending on where our souls traveled, we bring back these different realities. I know that sounds weird, but like my soul could be at home. And let's say I was Japanese and loved the geisha girl outfit or whatever. And and I was there and I thought, oh, I want to appear as a geisha girl or whatever. I can, my soul, I could just appear my soul that way but you'd always know it's me because all you see is my soul it's like for my total enjoyment especially if I just went back or something like that but nothing was I want to say planted in place I saw fields of beauty but they were colors on flowers and they were we have really deep colors here, but nothing like what I saw. Everything was breathing and moving. And gold is the only mineral that traveled. And it's like, I know it's going to sound weird to say this. I don't even know how to say it. Like, like it looked like roads, not roads like we would drive on or walk on. Almost like design within designs. There was running water. I did see very deep colored flowers. So I partially know the answer to your question because of just what I can describe to you what I saw. But um, I also saw a lot of white, a lot of white, whiter than white, the way I saw Christ. Um, Because there is an existence at home. There is. It's not like here, though, because We don't have bodies, we don't have body maintenance. There is no food to my dismay, but there is no food. We don't need it. It's like when we're sleeping, we don't think of food. We don't even feel hungry. It's just, we're never hungry, so food doesn't matter. And um, it's just different. I I can't really encapsulate the whole thing because I saw it myself in glimpses. And when I saw God, that wasn't in a glimpse. That was like full on in front of me. But, you know, that was white, like a white wall. I know we say he's in our image, and maybe he is, but all I saw was a white wall. So I can only tell you what I saw. Half that being said, what he explained to me was the gold on earth. I mean, think about it. We found it. And we mined it, and we realized that you can never burn gold. You can only melt it and reshape it. It is is an eternal mineral. So no matter what we do to gold, and there was another thing I was told about it, and that was that earth has a lot of gold in it. People mine it. They walk around with those things looking for it, even till this day, not as much as before. We built a lot. We, um, I, I don't know if we value it as much as we used to as a common person, all of that. But whatever, I want to say gold dust or gold is in our earth, it's what's holding us down. I know we have gravity and all of that, but think about it. Why are we not floating everywhere? And we have a connection to the gold. We are physically somehow connected to it. And it's part of, if not all, as far as I know, because I I didn't get that much information, but it's what's holding us What's keeping us grounded, where we could walk on the earth and not just float away? Trees are planted in the ground. They don't flow away. The ocean is part of the earth. That doesn't just spill over upside down on the parts that curve because the earth is not flat. So there's a lot of great questions that we may never answer in this lifetime, but we may know the answers to later. But I do know that the significance to gold is huge. Now, I don't know about alien races. I never saw alien races because what's an alien? It's somebody who's not human but came from somewhere else. So I don't know because maybe the angel I saw, you know. Um, but, no, I know that that was Christ for whatever reason came in the form of me at least seeing the face but he's a soul too, just like we are. So it's interesting a very good question. And I don't even know if I could fully answer it for you. I hope some of the rambling that I let out makes some sense to you. But also think about the people that we love that have, that died here. And we see them in our dreams and it's like, God, I really feel like I saw them. Like, Man, I just feel like we went and had tea. I remember my mom telling me this a long time ago. One of her best friends died, um, way younger than my mom did, but both were you know, she was a grandmother already when she died. But my mom, you know, in our background, she would go and read the Quran to her, the Quran in English. She would go read it to her while she was just laying in the hospital and that was her way of loving her. And you know, sending her off to a better place in my mom's mind. So then her friend dies, and probably a year later, my mom's like, you know what? We were together in a dream, and we walked from Oak Lawn, where I was raised, to Orland Park, which is like three suburbs over, in this place where they had a new mall, new houses, new everything. And she said, we walked from our house all the way to Orland Park, and we... We sat, and we had tea together, and I, we had a really good visit. At the time, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, oh, wow, that's cool. That was a great dream. Because it was before I even moved, or maybe it was after. It could have been around the time I moved. I can't actually remember, but I remember being there when she told me. So it could have been on a trip, but she told me, and she was so excited about it because inside she felt so enriched that she saw her. Now, my mom's friend no longer exists on earth, so what did she see when she saw her? She came in, I wanna say her image that my mom knew, knew her as, not just as a floating soul that my mom would not have known because we are limited in our knowledge, so things are shown to us the way we understand them. And I really think about that very heavily because there's a lot of woo-woo out there that I can talk about aliens, but I've never seen one. I don't know what an alien looks like or what defines an alien. I also don't know how to prove if the earth is flat or not other than the science that I read. And those aren't the kinds of things that Christ Actually, as far as the gold goes, though, I didn't even believe him that it was a mineral, and I Googled it. And I know that sounds funny, but, you know, when when you see Christ, it doesn't mean you know everything, but you will know really good what he tells you. But he's, you know, I want to say at times more cryptic than not because of the level of understanding that we have. But when he told me my job was to bridge people's souls back to them, and I thought, no one's even going to understand that sentence. And it took me a long time to understand that sentence. He does tell me things that I do end up keep going back to. So I've learned to trust what I've been told. There are people who want to play the devil's advocate, want to question me, want to say, why do you use this word? Why do you do that? And they just go after me or they compete with me or they try to tell me I'm crazy or whatever. And I'm like, okay, but I'm actually not the one saying it. And I believe what Christ is saying to me because everything he said to me has brought me back to what he said. Because I kind of do that to Christ. I don't compete with Christ at all. But I do question what he says. And now, going on 18 years of him and listening to him, everything he said, I have grown to the understanding. And he's the one who said, There was, you know, the gold is what's holding us. It's the only common mineral between here and home. And there's a lot of magic behind gold, beautiful magic behind gold in its brilliance and the fact that we can never change it. It outlives all of our lives. And I don't know any more about the brilliance of it other than what I was told. And I I just love the mystery of wondering how much more good and great is behind the things that we know. And after doing this show for five and a half years, you would think we'd run out of things to talk about. And yet every day is a new day. And it's because we're learning it one layer at a time. So thank you guys for all of your questions. Have a great weekend. I think we turn our clocks back this weekend, so we'll be one more hour awake on Monday morning. I will see you then. Have a great time. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.